Thank you, Katrina, for reading. Good morning. You hear me okay? All right. So my name is Jason Vincent. Um, I've been a, a member here at McKnight Road for approximately 18 years. Uh, if you include coming here while I was still finishing college during the summer times and um, came here looking to grow in Christ with other young people like myself, um, <laughs> found the X <Axe> ministry, <laughs> and, um, and I've, I've been a member since. Um, <clears throat> if you can go to the next slide, please, Jeff. It's a picture of my family up here. I'm not sure how well you can see it, but my youngest is Rosalie. She just turned 20 months. And my family, we still celebrate month by month with her, so we try to get a cake and sing happy birthday. Um, you know, it's because we enjoy eating cake, too. Um, Naomi is four, and she absolutely loves being in Miss Debbie's class. Um, she said this last week, she said, hey, Dad, do you think that we can invite Miss Debbie over to watch the Jesus movie? I'm like, well, we got to see what Miss Debbie's up to. <laughs> um, but she loves being a part of the family here. And um, Wilka and I have been married for over 11 years, and... Uh, met in unlikely circumstances on a mission trip in Panama. Um, we've seen an incredible amount in our time. Uh, two different countries, two different, um, you know, with, our, with what, what's going on in, in our two families. Um, amazing things and, and, and very hard things as well. And I'm very grateful to uh, have her um, and to walk through life with her. If you please continue. Thank you. So we're in uh, lesson three of a series on seven values that matter, seven values that have been uh, prayed about and identified by leadership here at McKnight Road and um, continuing on family today. Hi, baby. You can hear my youngest saying dad here. Um, we've covered spirit-led and next generation so far, and, um, and here we are with family today. And I'd like to share a story that um, I hope as we move towards Acts chapter 2, which we are starting up here, um, and we'll really focus in on starting in verse 42, but I'd like to share a story and its roots that I hope you'll maybe relate in your minds to some of what could have gone on in these people's lives in Acts chapter 2, but also we're here as a family in Christ, um, part of an outflow of what we see the Spirit of God doing in, in the lives of these people here. So... Um, I am, I, I give a lot of my time and my heart to a program called Access Point. And it is a program that although the company I work for, Doherty, is a big player in, as well as colleges and universities um, and business partners that are, that are lining up jobs, the heart of it is around connecting opportunity for um, young people that are, not already, that are not already on the road to great opportunity. Um, Individuals that are often going to stop or uh, just may not continue with education or on their route to getting good opportunities in the job. And during one of the classes for that, because we connect them with training, that as long as they stick with it, um, do well in the training, they're on a path to a job that's been pre-identified. But during one of those classes, um, there was an explanation of software concepts, because it's software-related training. And one of the explanations came to why the concept of a God object would be very bad. You know, please don't worry about anything with software, but the short is 
um, the explanation became that, hey, if software was architected like if there was a God in the world, it would be a really, really, really bad thing. And I listened to, listened to it, um, kind of had a chance to scan and watch the faces of the young people, knowing that there's probably some that maybe agreed and some that were like, wow, is this, is this what we're here for? And um, took an opportunity to speak up and said, hey, and if he's listening, hopefully you, you know through our interactions that I got love for you. We were able to talk about this after. But um, I said, hey, you know, I appreciate, respect your perspective, but actually... If, we, if software was architected in such a way that it would represent or be similar to a God that loves the world, there's actually a lot of good into it. There's a lot of good that will come out of that, and I had a chance to describe that. And um, the reason I'm sharing that this morning is because the roots of that, and if you're like AJ, you've heard this more than three times probably, but when I was in school at Michigan State University, I took one of the few classes that were offered at the time that was in the Bible. Um, I was a bit naive, but it said Bible, you know, Old Testament um, and archaeology. I got in there. I was really excited. I was like, there's not that many classes offered here at Michigan State, so I'm going to jump on this one. And I got in there. I quickly learned the teacher was an atheist. And um, I won't call him out by name, but he will call his name out at the beginning of every class I'll just call them Professor Persuade for now. And he made it very clear that he believed that the Old Testament actually had facts. He believed that it actually had truths in it. And he actually also tried to help with archaeology, but he was very clear that he believed the New Testament was full of myths, full of things that were not true. He believed that Jesus was not the Messiah. And he went on later to actually try to persuade us in that class as to why Jesus was not the Messiah. He did that through breaking down, here, look at what has happened in these prophecies. Look at the ones that didn't get fulfilled. And really worked hard to, in that time, make a very persuasive argument. Well, for me, I was only a few years into my faith. I was stumped. I didn't know the answers. Um, and I, I was like, wow, I hope, hope this is not true, but I'm kind of stuck. Um, I went... That at that time to talk with the elders at the congregation that I was a part of and um, talk with the others that had been helping to lead the, the youth ministry. And that's where they were able to help me see that what he was sharing wasn't actually the case. Now, that may sound small, but that was significant to me because I, for a moment, actually for some days, felt like, well, is founding my life on this faith the right way to go? Or have I just been naive and misunderstanding and confused? Maybe I've started to pursue the wrong thing. And well, getting connected to those elders was an opportunity for me because of the church that I was at. And um, that was an opportunity because I had a, a young man named Maurice that, um, you know, we, we were good friends. We were both had an opportunity um, early on in college to go out and do a bunch of things that we shouldn't be going out to do, and we both decided to stay back in this one opportunity. And I remember asking him, hey, why didn't you go? I remember him asking me, hey, why didn't you go, before either one of us answered. And that's where I got to learn that he was a Christian. That's where I got to tell him that, hey, I'm really right now trying to work through whether or not 
this is the faith of my grandmothers or whether this is something that I believe. Because my grandmothers have been the example for me up to that point. And he studied with me. Um, we studied a lot of scripture. Acts chapter 2 was pretty huge in that study, actually. Um, and we ended up getting, uh, I ended up making a decision to get baptized in the middle of the night. Called my, called one of the ministers and they were with, his, his wife answered the phone. He, they were kind of double checking who I am and is, do I really want to get baptized? But I got baptized in the middle of the night. And, um, and then I kept Maurice up the whole night because I had all kinds of questions about the Holy Spirit that I felt like had to be answered right away. And so poor Maurice, who given his time to study the scriptures with me, um, now he can't sleep because I want to get baptized in the middle of the night. And I'm urgently wanting to know everything that there is to know in all of God's word about the Holy Spirit before morning. <laughs> so when I think about um, these families and these individuals and all the different places that they've come from in Acts chapter 2, I'm just thinking about, wow, they, uh, they probably had a lot of different stories too in terms of how they came to put their faith in Christ, in terms of what they saw or who they talked to about what they saw, in terms of who stayed up with them all night to work through the scriptures or who spent time with them, um, what kind of professor persuades that they run into. I mean, I know it's a different time, but they probably had a lot that they could relate to, and that's really what God has been putting on my heart this week. So if we continue, um, if we, we move a couple slides forward, please, Jeff, because the fact that we share a common father is something that we'll come back to. Um, and this scripture, along with many others, is one of them that I read um, as I continue to read both Acts and pour through the Gospels and see Jesus' example when I decided, all right, you know, I'm having conversations with my mother around which church I should get baptized in. Should I get baptized? What's the meaning of baptism? I'm like, I have been able to hear God's spirit speak enough on my own. I'm going to make this decision. Again, unfortunately, in the middle of the night, but I'm glad that they answered. If you please continue to the next slide. And to one more. And starting here is where we'll spend a lot of time. So as we think about uh, what it means to be a family uh, here at McKnight Road. Um, I know a lot of us have a lot of experiences, different experiences that um, have really shown us what it means to be a family in Christ. And I hope that in walking through this, we can learn even a little bit more in what being a family Christ meant to this spirit-led family in Christ that we're reading about. And also, I hope that we can reflect on what are our opportunities to be that for one another. So, as we, as we look at the words continually devoting, um, I, I leaned on, that, that word devoted there actually is continually devoted in, in some translations, and I leaned on the help of those who've studied into the original languages a lot, and I want to share uh, some of what jumped out to me, some of what I feel like God highlighted for me in that time. And in that word devoted or continually devoted, there's an aspect that God is pointing out of insisting on being together. And that sticks out to me because when I look at the different ways in which we get to be together right now, whether it's here in person, whether it is online through, you know, joining, joining online 
small groups or being a part of the Bible app readings that we're reading or whatever it is, there was an insisting on being together despite maybe all the reasons I could have drew them apart. And if you think about it with me, we know how many things are pulling at dividing each of us, right? How many things are pulling at dividing each of them from where they come from, from the threats that they faced, an incredible amount, and more than I will ever know until I get to meet some of them face-to-face, I'm sure. Um, But they had that in common with us. If we keep going to where we get to the apostles' teaching, there's something that God kind of emphasizes here in the word apostles that he's referring to both ambassadors and kind of points out the fact that an ambassador is lesser than the person that he is an ambassador for. He or she is an ambassador for. And the reason that that stuck out to me is it reminded me of John the Baptist saying, he must increase and I must decrease. And how much of an attitude that, wow, if that's, if that's the attitude of what God wanted the, the teachers to have and what he wanted the family in Christ to have, and if that is an attitude of ours, it overcomes a lot of the things that pull away at us to hurt us. It says they continued in fellowship. And, you know, I really appreciated um, Jeff Kreider actually put a lot of time and prayer and work into, um, into this. He actually put a lot of time and thought into the whole series. And he pointed out that, hey, these things, being a family in this way, including things like fellowship, are under attack significantly for many reasons. For finding if they're important, for finding creative ways to do so, they're heavily under attack. God points out in this word here, fellowship, at least the part that really stuck out to me is the participation in when you look at at what he's saying within that word. And that's a combination of not only the chance to be together, but the chance to utilize the gifts that we have to build one one another up, to to encourage each other. I want to share some examples from Ignite that, um, you know, I feel like God put on my heart related to this word in particular. We had a, a brother named Jackie that is no longer with us, and he used to, let me, let me say this first, he had a voice that sounded like he was a, you know, a, a, a top-notch, just musical artist, just a pretty amazing voice, and he would always call and leave a message on everyone's birthday. He would try to get the whole congregation. Many of you probably remember um, getting those from Jackie, but um, I remember sometimes he would get my voicemail and he would try again to make sure he could actually talk to me. So he was persistent in it. And he would keep it really simple, just say, hey, just wanted to wish you a happy birthday and hope you have a great rest of the day at whatever time we could connect. Or his wife that when we had family in town said, hey, I just want to take your family through the St. Louis Cardinals Stadium. Know how impactful that was? Pretty, pretty significant, something that they really enjoyed, something they remembered, something that our family in Christ was just really looking for ways to have fun together, to be kind to one another, to be together. Or I think about Jeff Earnhardt and all of the cards on birthdays and on anniversaries that I would receive from him, that many of us received from him. I think about um, how he would come and tell me things about the company I was working in which was Boeing for many of the the conversations I remember with him, he'd tell me things that were going on that I didn't even know. And then he would come up and also have comments about my Spartans. And today, 
uh, he would just have to console me because I took a tough loss last night. Many incredible examples in our family. If we continue um, into the breaking of bread, I guess the thing that stuck out to me when studying this a little bit closer that I hadn't recognized is God really points out the breaking of bread here at first in terms of the Lord's Supper, like we just had a chance to participate in with Eduardo. And then later he has an emphasis on sharing meals together. So there's kind of two main references, one oriented towards a real focus on remembering what Jesus has done for us, and the other also, though, related to that, but focused on having meals. The story that comes to mind when I think of this um, and when I imagine them doing this together, because it says they were, they were having meals, and later on it says that they were going from house to house, is when I was younger, I'm just going to qualify it with that, I, uh, I had some family in Christ over for a meal, and I, I gave them a pizza that was a frozen pizza, and it was incredibly hard to cut, so hard to cut that I gave them pretty big pizzas and just said, you're just going to have to try to eat this. So why did that stick out to me? Because as they're taking communion together in this time, when and often they have to hide, or when they really don't know each other that well, they probably had their version of some not great pizza at time together as well too, right? But they share with one another. They were together. They probably had funny stories. Remember when Jason served that pizza? What kind of pizza was that? Let's make sure we don't buy that one. But they were together. To the breaking of bread and the prayers, the thing that really stuck out to me in the word prayers here is to God for benefits. It reminds me of the psalm that says, do not forget any of the Lord's benefits. And it's kind of, it jumped out to me because it's like, shouldn't it be obvious that the prayers of my heart, where I'm looking for the most help for what I need, even though we know that we need, we need help from all kinds of sources, right? We're very interdependent as humans, as a society. But there's an emphasis on prayers to God for what we need. Maybe because sometimes it's a habit or natural to either go to him last or to leave them out. And if you go to the, to the next slide, please, Jeff. So as they continue and they're sacrificially sharing with one another to the point of giving their own possessions in order to be able to give something to one another, the next one that stuck out to me was the word glad. Um, and it stuck out in the original language as a reference to good cheer uh, to the extent that we can choose. And it stuck out because it's like, wow, they would have had many things to bring them down from not being glad, right? They would have had many threats, many challenges to try to bring them away. And this was something that despite those, despite their challenges, their differences, um, maybe some of the things that they didn't know about, they stuck with. And lastly, as it gets in verse 47 and it gets to, and the Lord added, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It's like if we forgot, this is about what he's doing. 
more than anything, more than what we can see, it is about what he's doing. And in addition to that, being saved, it's right at the end, it is easy for me and maybe easy for many of us to forget how important and how significant what we're a part of as a family in Christ is. And when I think of being saved here, and I think both back to my time of putting my trust in Christ, but when I think of, when I think of the opportunity that I'm looking forward to, to see my mother again in heaven, the opportunity that my nephews and niece are looking forward to seeing their mother that they lost at a very young age again, when I think of the opportunity to see Jesus and experience all that he's prepared for us um, beyond what we can imagine, that word is pretty valuable. And just in case I were to forget that it's not about even if I replace that pizza with something that's really good, just in case I forget, we're a family in Christ eternally. And may we remember that, and may we want to desire and grow and invite others into that. Okay, so thanks to Jesus' work, once we put our trust in him, we're a part of his family. Um, the other question I kind of have for God and really wrestled with this week was, you know, what else is there to how this worked, how this was able to work, why this was able to be successful for them? And... Um, as, as we close up here, these are kind of the, the, the scriptures that as we look back on and keep a focus on being a family this year, I hope that you'll join me in reflecting on. Um, maybe you want to write just the verses down, or maybe um, you can come back and watch videos in this series. But here's the, one that, the ones that came to mind, and there's, there's multiple. It's a top ten, almost like on a... Um, well, like a mini top ten list, but let's get into it. So first is where we've been, this passage in Acts 2. Um, if, you would, if you would dwell with me there. And the second is from the, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. If we can let that drive us more than anything else that may pull us apart, or anything else that may allow us to settle for less than our own peace with God, or having it be a priority to be a part of having others around us be able to have peace with God too, or whether we can take an active role in helping to bring peace between two where maybe there are not, can be great for us. Next was Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 to 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you also were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. The reminder that we have a common Father. Matthew chapter 23, verse 13. Here's the one that's more of a check yourself always, Jason. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut the kingdom of heaven in front of people. For you do not enter it yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Now, we've all been able to read in our Gospels how much Jesus had to try to adjust the Pharisees, right? But to me, one of the bigger misses would be if we couldn't look for the Pharisees in each of us. And if we couldn't see the Paul in the Pharisee. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 13 
So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so much you, so much you do also. Imagine our days and our times coming here and our times being at home and our times interacting with one another, if instead of maybe what is pressuring us or instead of what divides us or instead of maybe what is a problem, we start with God's lead here through his spirit of compassion and kindness. If we can be a family that does that with one another. And then in Job 2, verse 11, this is my favorite book of the Bible. Um, I've shared many stories with you, sharing some of my favorites, and I hope that one of the things we'll do is share stories with one another in that time interacting and actually believe that our stories matter to one another. We never know how they're going to impact one another. Job's one of my favorite books, tied up there with Mark. And Job 2.11 says, so as those, I'm sorry, it, it didn't, I, I have this listed here wrong. But in Job, basically what I wanted to highlight is where his friends come to comfort him during a time where he is really struggling. And if we read the book of Job, it continues on to have them actually try to explain why he's going through a hard struggle. But if we could have our stories in differently, the better we can be for one another. Instead of maybe trying to explain why someone's going through something or judging at all, if we can keep with the being there for them and comforting and move forward in that way. Getting towards the end here, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any animal of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God really said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Many of you have heard this before, but um, Daniel Long actually helped me uh, one time because I had a, a gardener snake that was in my garage and um, I was pretty scared of it. <laughs> I just uh, tried to get it out. But I was telling them, like, for, to me, Daniel, that could be a little baby rattlesnake, all right? <laughs> Still working on being able to identify what the different kinds are. Um, and so are we, in a sense, being able to work on identifying Satan when he is trying to slither in and attack. Daniel had a lot of advice, which I never got to fully test, actually test with him, but on recognizing the different snakes. And um, whenever I hear this, it just reminds me that we have, in addition to a common father, a common enemy that is aiming to attack, a common enemy that we can help each other to recognize and to get rid of. And I'll end with this one. From, it's really a, really a short um, teaching from Jesus. He says, and again, and he's referencing the kingdom of heaven, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three sada of flour until it was all leavened. Why is that significant? Well, as a family here, in addition to trying to be there for one another, in addition to trying to build one another up and grow in Christ together, um, I hope that we will all remember as we go out that we have that opportunity to Christ to be leavened in us. That opportunity to continue to Invite more in this family through both what we say and through what we're doing. 
And shall we ever think that that's a small impact? Um, I hope we can come back to Jesus' teaching on leaven. So if you'll please go to the, to the next slide here, Jeff. Thank you. So the short answer, if I were to try to give a short answer that I've kind of heard from God this, in, the, in these weeks preparing for this is when it comes to how this family in Christ was able to follow the Spirit's lead and stick together despite all that they had that could stop that to where God was adding to their number and growing their individual relationships with him and building them up as a family in Christ to the point where, again, is part of why we're here together today, right? And the one thing that I heard echoed again and again and again while trying to wrestle with God on how, how did they do that? What, what did they do is they continued to be spirit-led and they continue to be under the influence of his word. I've kind of gone through some here today, but I hope that you'll maybe pick some in addition that you feel like are really key scriptures when it comes to being family. I hope that we can live out the verses that we've kind of gone through today and the experiences and behaviors that we see in, in Acts here to be family, but not just in our own power with the continued influence of God's spirit. Now, this picture up here is my Naomi. This is my oldest. She's there with me in my office. Um, and it's a good picture to me of basically imperfect progress in myself. Why? Well, to start the pandemic, I was working virtually, though glad to be able to continue working, working from my car a lot because I was struggling to adjust to when Naomi would come in and say, Dad, can I come in and hang out with you? It started out with her just breaking in the door. Then I was like, I got to lock it. And then she would knock on the door. Um, and now it's to where, particularly in the late afternoons or evening or at a lunch break, but more often in the evenings, um, she'll come down and her desk is right by mine. And... I understand that being a family, it's an imperfect journey. It's not perfect. We make a lot of mistakes. It's the reason that I think God is amplifying to be forgiving. It's the reason I think he's amplifying what he is in Acts chapter 2, to be insistent on being together. The reason he's so focused on our prayers, because we need so much of his help. Um, but I hope we'll stick with it. I am really glad and thankful to be a part of this family at McKnight. I am really grateful to be a part of Christ's family. It still blows my mind that we'll see each other not only here, but eternally. And I'm excited. I hope that we'll continue to be prayerfully focused in all the values that we're going through in this series. And I hope that we will continue to pursue the Jesus that is behind and that inspired the one that everyone wants to be so close to in order to sacrifice as much as they did to be together. I hope that'll be our continued aim is drawing closer and closer to him. So it's been a pleasure to be with you this morning.